the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty. Unbelievable. Can't. <laughs> Cannot believe it. That's why it's unbelievable. I am back as I huddle over the mic here. That is what is unbelievable. I took, as you know, I believe you know, I took a bit of a sabbatical here. few weeks off, and the timing couldn't have been more perfect, and I recognize I'm a few weeks late in getting back to you. So we're going to consider this actually a bridge episode. This is not the official kickoff of season four. Um, That could be a little while, but I wanted to go ahead and give you an update. I've gotten a few emails. I know I missed my own deadline. So perhaps that's lesson number one for all of us. (laughs) When When I was writing The Pressure Paradox, one of the quotes I ran across was, I love deadlines. I love the swooshing sound they make as they pass on by. I do not have the name of that person handy, but that is rather funny. Um, deadlines offer all sorts of great value to us, um, and often even the most prestigious type agencies think NASA miss deadlines for various reasons. So it's not necessarily whether we make the deadline or miss the deadline in many cases, but that we are at least doing our best to honor them and setting them. But that is for another day. So your update, my update, um, unbeknownst to (laughs) to me about the time I offered to check out and uh, table the podcast for a bit. I'm trying to think how to share this story in a relatively quick manner. Um, My partners of 23 years, these guys are rock stars, heroes, mentors. They are 20 years my senior. And As I said, 23 years ago, we started an IT services company. It's a bit of a complicated story I've shared before. But for purposes of this episode, right when I got back from Yosemite, um, they approached me and said effectively that the government services division of the company was really on the cusp excuse me, of winning a what's considered a prime contract. And given that they're about 70, they really needed an exit strategy. Um, And I think this was going to afford them that. Given the fact that most of my efforts were for the commercial division and theirs for the government division, it seemed like an opportune time to try and construct and orchestrate a separation. So the long and the short of it is, as as good luck would have it, I said I was going to table 
the podcast and some of the Habit Factor courses, and turns out that was couldn't have been a better time to do that because next thing I knew, under the directive of our uh, separation, which for the most part was incredibly <laughs> amicable once we figured out a few sticking points, um, so just setting up a new entity because they have to keep the old business entity and meaning a new brand, a new company, transition the employees, all the fun stuff that comes with running a small company. So there's your update. That's why I'm at least two or three weeks behind. It's a very good excuse. And hang on a sec. So sorry about that. Yeah, the key is, um, at least from my perspective, I wanted to, this isn't just about telling you what's going on in my life. I, uh, the best way for me to learn is to try and extract the lessons as I go through them and hopefully impart one or two uh, gems, perhaps, that may serve you either in the near future or sometime in the future. So the first one is patience. And undergoing this transition in setting up the new company um, for, for really as long as the app and the book have been out, the habit factor has been completely above board and my partners have been incredibly supportive, but it's always been a very delicate dance for me between one company and um, working with the habit factor. And with the new arrangement, the fact is, uh, it's, it's less delicate because, um, with the new arrangement, I'm a hundred percent in control of the commercial business. And of course, I've always been a hundred percent in control of equilibrium and the habit factor. So all that means is I can establish priorities, goals, and deadlines, and I don't have to go through various channels. The reason that has to do with patience is lesson number two. And this may be a bit more esoteric, but I'm sure you'll be able to follow along. Driven, busy, hardworking people are always looking for an answer. I'm using air quotes. And if you listen to certain gurus and themes out there, um, one has always been burn the ships. That's right, burn the ships. And if you don't know what that means, that means commit 100%. And it's based on um, a story about a Spanish conquistador. Basically, they invade somewhere in, I think, South America. And in order to ensure that his army is going to win, he burns his ships. So they either have to be victorious on land or they're going to die. There's no retreat. And while that sounds romantic and, and a large number of entrepreneurs can relate because when their back's against the wall, failure is not an option and they will do everything they can to succeed. 
So again, a romantic theme, but there's another theme you'll hear. And by the way, this didn't all mesh for me until I think, frankly, after this was all settled. The other theme is this. Do your best not to burn bridges. Relationships in the end, and I mean the very end, are, are the most significant thing in your life. And that's not me talking. There's, You can look up a Harvard study. It's a continuing study. I don't know if it's quite 100 years old on happiness. And um, relationships are nearly 80, 85% of that. So without even recognizing it, I was struggling with this idea to commit to the habit factor where in equilibrium where my true passion is after putting in 20 years to uh, this IT company and being an entrepreneur. Um, But the real struggle is there. Are you leaving shareholders, partners, employees? You can you really do that? Should you do that? On one hand, yes. Um, On the other hand, maybe not. So here's Here's the lesson. It was through extraordinary patience, knock on wood, um, that what I would consider an ideal scenario arose, one I couldn't have foreseen, which was my partners again, our company getting this prime contract, and then them approaching me about this separation. I could have never foreseen that. Again, the book's been around for seven years. So the moral of the story, my friends, if you're following along, is if you're going to burn the ships, be sure to do what you can not to burn any bridges. And I'm sure that may be one too many metaphors for some people, but to me, that is a uh, extraordinary lesson. And again, while it was romantic to try and throw my whole heart and soul into the habit factor, I had 80% of me um, or more really committed to this company, our employees, my partners, and I just couldn't do it, could not do it, even though I thought this is where I was supposed to be. And I know some of my closest friends were like, what the hell is he doing? He knows what he's got to do. So again, excruciating patience. And just the other day, I was reading a fantastic, um, this book, I just keep rereading. I love it. It's, it's Robert Greene's Mastery. And it's really been talking to me, specifically me. And there was a line I think I reread just the other day. It just said, the greatest impediment to your creativity is your own patience. Um, So for whatever that's worth, that's lesson number two. Do not, if you commit to burning the ships, do your best to not burn any bridges. All right, now i got to read my notes. And the third lesson... Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, and the third one is kind of where I started, which is this idea of delays. And 
regardless, it, it really tucks itself right into the patient's theme. Regardless of missing the deadline, it's this idea that you just keep moving the ball forward. So here I am, two, three, three weeks late on the podcast, and the bottom line is we're moving the ball forward. I am reconnecting with you. I'm sharing the update, and that's what we're going to do. We have season four coming I will give you more uh, as I know more. And until next time, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. That's real-time information. We are developing. We continue to – actually, now we're developing a, a new platform for the courses. But there's a couple courses coming out. We have, again, Season 4 coming out. And – even some some updates around the app that I can't really talk about just yet. So there you go, my friends. Uh, feel free to reach out, and thanks for checking in. And to those of you who've left a review on this break, thank you very much. It's always fun to read those. They mean the world to me. Thank you, and good night. See ya. Just how misunderstood is pressure as a subject, particularly when it comes to our productivity, performance, and even, incredibly, peace of mind? Well, here's a quote from a recently published book, Performing Under Pressure. In fact, this is more than just a quote. It appears to be the author's main thesis. The bottom line, pressure is the enemy of success. It undermines performance and helps us fail. The paragraph goes on to cite many supportive instances, such as pilots, surgeons, and air traffic controllers making errors, or professional athletes missing their usual shots while under pressure. Pressure, the book asserts, is more than a nemesis. It is a villain in our lives. Wow, that's powerful language. It's understandable why the vast majority of people, and even these authors, might think this way about pressure. On the surface, pressure certainly appears to be the enemy. However, if we look deeper, we discover that pressure, much like what we discovered about habit in The Habit Factor, is neither good nor bad. Pressure is an entirely neutral, supernatural force. Taken a step further due to its preeminence within our lives, it would hardly be fruitful to view pressure as the enemy. If pressure were truly the enemy, then we might as well pack up and head home. It's time to surrender. We can't possibly win, right? If we were to follow such a pervasive misunderstanding, that pressure is evil, a nemesis, and a villain, we should make every attempt to avoid it, right? And unfortunately, doing so would not only prove frustrating and fruitless, but would greatly inhibit our creativity, productivity, and ultimately even impair our personal growth. Even the wealthiest of parents who want the very best for their children will go out of their way to ensure their kids experience some real-life pressures, such as chores or a summer job, with the hope that they'll reap all the associated benefits that come with challenge and hard work, discipline and responsibility come to mind. There's even a famous Japanese proverb that underscores this point. Adversity is the foundation of virtue. 
To be clear, we are not referring to negative peer pressure or bullying, but rather life pressure, things such as work, chores, and responsibility, knowing that is the type of pressure that teaches children important life lessons that help forge their character and will serve them long into the future. The idea that pressure is a villain or the enemy of success ultimately proves untenable in the real world. Rather, if we choose to look deeper into pressure, what we find is that it demands our careful consideration, understanding, and even ultimately, our appreciation. The same kind of appreciation you freely give to your greatest passions. After all, what is more important than your most pressing goals? Understanding how pressure is the fuel to help you achieve those goals is vital. Not even a reality TV star avoids pressure all the time, as my daughter once asserted. In fact, some might even argue that due to appearances, contract obligations, etc., a celebrity may experience even greater pressures than the average citizen. To view pressure another way, consider the simple act of problem-solving. Any problem, by definition, involves an existing state, condition, and a desired end state, ideal condition. The objective or goal is to bridge that gap. It's worth noting that the gap itself, the delta, is what instantly generates a sense of tension, or to use its synonym, pressure. And since humans are naturally creative and problem-solving creatures, their ability to channel pressure to solve problems makes them unique. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, Kill a couple birds with one stone. Get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month. 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.